You're listening to Carmen and Yurko, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio on WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Away we go on a football Friday. Divisional weekend is upon us. Connor McKnight sitting in for the good kid again. It's Kermit and Yurk. We're live in the old National Bank State Street studio. Watch us on Twitch. Oh, yeah, up and running. You can join the chat. Twitch.tv or download the app and just search ESPN 1000 Chicago. We've got a four-pack of games this weekend, my friend. I love this weekend. I think it's one of the better sports weekends of the entire calendar year. It's that good. Top three? It might be, man. I, it I mean, might no be. Problems. No problems here. You put it in the top three. I think it probably is for me. Day one of the NCAA tournament. That whole weekend is like, can I can I make four days into one? I you can no. You can make <laughs> Thursday and Friday into one. All you right, can make the first two it. days of the NCAA tournament into one. That's on the Mount Rushmore. It's number one. It's the one of ones. I'm not even a college basketball guy. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I went to Wisconsin. We were good for half a minute. Cam Taylor should have hit a layup against Illinois in 2003. <laughs> is what it is. Think of it, but that those two days it is awesome. are incredible. And the best part about that is you don't have to know anything no. about college basketball to enjoy the madness. It's Amen to that. It is pretty good. It's tough to top. You know, I'm a sucker for must a Saturday, a Sunday at Augusta, Master Sunday. It's okay. Still, I, All I, right. You get the you get the dulcet tones yeah. of Jim Nance. There's just something spectacular about it. Does the music it. do it for you? Not, not the music. Nance does it. Uh, Listen, the, he's great. HDTV has made golf much better to view. you get the azaleas and everything. And the color. Like, what is it, 13? It's the par three where you got the whole 13. tableau in the background there? Yeah. No, no, 12. It's 12. Uh, it's 12. 13 is the par it's five. It's a man yeah. corner, though, that right? Is, it's back in uh, C. You got it. See? But you got it. I know how to throw a golf club. That is 12. Yeah. It's 12. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just like, oh, you th- and it, it makes you feel like spring and golf, and it's fun, and I love that. I have the, you know, Super Bowl, that's, that's got to be up there, but I don't but, think it's a top three. It's not this day's better or this weekend's better. I agree. I we agree. Four, we got four games. We got Patrick Mahomes. We've got think of what we have. We got Josh Allen. We got Joe Burrow. This is the weekend. I'm really glad. I think we mentioned it yesterday when we were you know hanging out and talking nonsense. I I enjoyed the first weekend with the expanded playoffs and all this stuff. I'm very glad to have it distilled down to better teams. Me too. I think overall the quantity of last weekend got me through it mm-hmm. and i should mention like so i just you know i had the kid five weeks ago yeah that was the first time i had ever experienced rescue football <laughs> you ever gone through this before i didn't listen carm i i didn't just want to watch those games you i needed had, those games you, had on to. you needed to in the background yeah. so badly yeah because when you're sitting there with a the newborn baby and you're just yeah. feeding bottle after bottle and they don't do anything at no. 40, he doesn't do anything they don't do anything. You just you need something on in the background. So it was my first real experience with rescue football. It's actually not a bad way. Me. It's not a bad way to watch f- football it's not when terrible. the baby. You know, like it's next year, good luck to you. It'll be a lot harder. Well, you know what you can't do with the newborn while you're watching. Fo- you can't snack. You don't get yeah. the you don't get to graze. You don't get to go snacky snack that whole thing. Yeah, probably can't imbibe too much either. You, you know, you, but if bit. you try hard, you can. Yeah. You try hard, you can. I've I found. 
<laughs> I, you're able. I uh, no, this weekend's great because you're right. You, you've sort of weeded out some of the bad, and we, you know, we talked about it yesterday, and it came up when I recorded Odds Couple with Mike North, and the podcast is up on the ESPN Chicago app. And Shay was producing the show today, Shay Norling, and he goes, "Ah, they should. I'm sick of it anyway. They should not let uh, Tampa be a playoff team. The problem is Tampa won that division. Like yeah. you can't really change the rules, can you? Unless you want to completely eliminate divisions right. and rank the conference. Right. Well, then." Okay, but every once in a while, crappy divisions just happen in a season. And the NFC South stunk, and somehow Tampa was the least stinky, and they were a playoff team. They weren't really a playoff team. We knew it, but it's okay. They're weeded out. They're gone now. They're out. In the NFL, I don't mind that because the quarterback is so important. So instead of, let's take Tampa Bay out of the equation there, right? I mean, it's not a playoff caliber team. They just weren't last year. 100%. However, if you would have had, and maybe the Niners are a good example of this, um, you have a team, let's say like the Niners, right, who has actually has a quarterback that's making things move, making things cook. Maybe the Bills lose Josh Allen for six, seven weeks, something like that. Mm. They're a good enough team to be a playoff team. They got Josh Allen back in the last week of the season. Yeah. I need that team. Me too. Hypothetical team X, right, who gets the quarterback to return in the final two weeks of the season, which kind of does happen a lot these days. Mm. I need that team playoff eligible by winning a crappy division, like you said. I, yeah. I don't mind it for that reason. Yeah. No, I, I, I just want to see good quarterback play. I want to see offense. That's kind of what I think most people like. And I, I want, I'm glad that it's Mahomes. You know, I heard this stat, too. Uh, it is the first time since 1970 that the remaining quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs are all under 30. 19 and 70. How about that? Wow. First time since 19. I, I hope I have that right. I think that was the context of that status. The first time since 1970 that all the remaining quarterbacks are under 30. We've got the future of the league. Mahomes is all like Mahomes is the league now. I mean, you know, and I'd say Burrow's kind of close to that. Allen, even though he's been a little bit more of an enigma this year. Not for nothing. I mean, I don't listen. I come in here, I do two shows at him, right? I. Pat Mahomes is not. I mean, that there is. He's the league. There is. Right? And then there's a tier between him and then Josh Allen and the rest. I, I agree. I concur. I, I don't think we can say it enough. I, and I talk about this way with Shohei Otani quite a bit when we're t- in the baseball season. What's happening there is so otherworldly that you could spend your entire show talking about it and be completely justified because he moves Major League Baseball because what he's doing doesn't get done. I, I kind of think the same about Patrick Mahomes at this point. I'm with you on that. He is the league. He's the best player in the league. Um, he is about to accomplish something that no player, no quarterback has ever done in the history of the league. He is. He's going to be the MVP this year, obviously. He's going to be the first and only player ever before the age of 30 to have multiple MVP awards and a Super Bowl MVP. He's the only one. <laughs> He, I mean, so you are right. He is the league. I mean, like, and, it's, it's and that guy. The, you're, you're putting the bar at 30, right? Yes. He just turned 27. 27. He's got three years to play. He's got the average <laughs> NFL career length left <laughs> he before he turns 30. He might win a third MVP we before that. We also play in an era where quarterbacks can literally be 45. Yeah, it's And continue wild. to play this game. You know, he's never, I, you know, I think we talked about, I know we talked about it off air. I think we might have on air, too. Um I mean, he's never, he's never played a road playoff game, you guys. Like, the consistency of what they've built in Kansas City, the combination of Andy and that front office and Mahomes and their weapons, 
They've been so reliable, so good. He's never had to go on the road and play in a road playoff game. Think about that. And he's been almost unbeatable. I mean, he has been unbeatable well, in, yeah. these, in the divisional round. He's right. never lost a game in Arrowhead in the divisional round. This will be his 12th playoff game. He's never played a road playoff game. Found your stat just in, uh, in, so, in the so, effort of being transparent. So is that, did I have it right? The average age of the eight starting quarterbacks on game day will be 25 years, 278 days. The youngest group right. since the league implemented the divisional playoffs in 1970. The only other time that every quarterback starting this weekend was 30 and under, 30 or under rather, was 2004. 2004. Okay, so I sort of had it right, but I'm glad. First since 70 in the divisional round. I'm glad you yeah. had that, that exact. So 25, the average age is not even 26. Unbelievable. And we get to watch Allen and Burrow and Lawrence and, uh, and Mahomes, who we've talked about. I mean, and, and Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's just like. This is a fun time in, in quarterbacks. So would, let's face it. I mean, this, it's the most, like you said it yesterday, it's the most important position in the sport. It's the most important in any sport in not North close. America. It's not close. I mean, it's, it's, it's that position. It's sexy. It's, it's everything we want to see. And it's all on display, I think, this weekend. We saw nothing but overs and shootouts last week. Technically, I, sh- I shouldn't say nothing but overs. Five and one to the over. They all should have been overs if the kicker can right. make some extra points. Right. They all would have been over um, in the opening weekend. I don't know that we'll quite see that again. I thought Furman explained it well. The odds makers obviously got a little wise and baked that into the totals. Well, you know what else? It's Todd like did. a full five points higher than the regular. Todd season. nails that Blues pick for everybody, by the way. Yesterday, now, you know what? I, and oh, I never he smoked bet it. it. Oh, he smoked it. You know, he said when that, that man I, talks St. Louis Blues. You listen. I never bet it. Damn it! You got a favorite game in this weekend? Ugh. And not from a because I, I feel like when when you and I talk because I, I don't bet a lot I have but a I, I speak bet, the language I know what you mean like I don't a, want your favorite bet I mean we'll talk game. about that down the road here but I, I don't want that I want your favorite game it's probably the one I'm looking forward to most is believe it or not is probably the first one because I I, I I like the idea of watching Mahomes versus is it really? Lawrence yeah um, I think this I think the last game on Sunday is probably best game we're going to get. That would be my guess. My guess would be that Cowboys Niners, which, by the way, will be the ninth all-time playoff meeting between... That's awesome. How about that? That's really awesome. Ninth all-time playoff meeting between those two franchises. I think that's going to be the best game of the week. I'm, I'm trying really... I don't know why. I have this feeling inside, right? It, 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 I'm trying not to get my hopes up for Cowboys Niners. Really? I, I feel like they're... Ma- I don't know. I just I got Dak this comes feel- crashing? Hey, I got this feeling that, that, that for some reason I feel like it's going to be a, 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 a week four Big Ten matchup oh, kind of thing where you just got wow. like an Iowa-Iowa State. So I know it's not Big Ten, but it's just a field goal palooza. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but I hope that's not the case. I'll tell you what my favorite one is. I'm really interested, very, very interested to see what Joe Burrow can make out of what's left of that offense. Down 60% of its starting offensive I'm, line. I'm really interested to see what that looks like. Because as we talked about yesterday, if there's a guy left in this, not named Mahomes, who seems like he's able to do that the way he's playing right now, it's Joe Burrow. And the other guy you would say is probably capable of doing that is Josh Allen. But I'm sorry, he looks more like rookie year, first playoff appearance Josh Allen, where it was like... You know, witness me stuff. It was Mad Max, like caution to the wind, Valhalla. Everybody's going down (laughs) and nobody cared. This is, it's very different. I I think those two teams give you a lot of fun matchups. 
but I'm but the Joe Burrow of it all has really brought me. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that first Sunday game. He's another guy that you just you watch and marvel, and he's everything you want in a top pick. Everything. I mean, he's he's got the. Not only is he just uh, obviously he's extremely skilled and talented, but he's a diligent worker and he's got the attitude. He's got the moxie. He's just got a. There is something about him. I think that uh, teammates appear to just gravitate towards him because of his confidence and the way he carries himself. He says things like, "You know, well, how long's your window here? As long as I'm here, like, Hell I yeah. don't mind the cockiness and the arrogance no. and the." The brashness of that and the narcissism in it. I kind of like it. My quarterback should be that way. Like, how long are we in a window? As long as I'm your quarterback, you, we're going to be good. Like, been in the room. It's Cincinnati, for crying out loud. You've covered teams. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, do you, ha- you have any idea how insane you have to be to be yes. a professional athlete? Yes. You, you have a narcissistic personality disorder, period. Yeah. To get it, that's the barrier to end at your cover charge. It, it is. To get into the NFL. It totally is. But what I, I mean, what I love too about Joe Burrow is that, his college career started so badly. It's an amazing that, story. That he that he sucked. He couldn't win a job. Yeah. He couldn't figure it out. He goes to a new place. He makes his... And I, I like that that underscores two things. One, how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. Because I think whether it's, you know, elite coaches, Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. or others who can convince themselves, Josh McDaniels, Matt Nagy, who convince themselves that they can make whatever quarterback into the guy they need him to be, or just good enough, so the rest of my stuff works. I think it underscores that. I think it also underscores just how difficult it is to scout that position. Yes, it's very difficult. It's really hard. And you'd think it w- I shouldn't say you'd think it wouldn't be, but it is. No, it's incredibly I, we hard. Could, we could spend, you could spend weeks upon weeks like really trying to dive in and figure out why it's so hard why some teams are better than others how the bears haven't been able to find one in 60 years you know maybe they finally did but like how how is it uh it's the the entire thing to me is a fascinating study of how we view athletes how we view and analyze and evaluate people i mean it it really is in not only just the evaluation process, but the crazy stories, Connor, that that you've heard throughout the years. And, you know, uh, Kurt Warner was going to come here for oh. uh, a tryout, but had oh. a spider bite. And, right. right. And like, what, what if what if the Bears in 19? Do I have the year right? 1979. What if, as planned, the Bears drafts called Joe Montana's name? That's right. Instead of at the last minute. At the Dan Pompey wrote about this about a year ago in the Athletic. At the very last minute, saying, "We still kind of believe in Vince Evans." <laughs> At, huh? like, it was it was ready Sorry, to like it was ready to be called in yeah. in the third round. The Chicago right. Bears select from Notre Dame, Joe Montana. You know what? Hold that. And it wasn't even it wasn't even like, somebody standing on the table. What? You know, Vince is our guy. He's like, no, I think kinda. I think okay. Vince could maybe so do, do you, it. Like, do you, well, then we better back off the kid from that. I, I mean, and, and then it gets into the whole. Well, would Joe Montana have ever been Joe Montana? Like, it is a fascinating study into like just how hard and weird this whole thing is. You know, I got some. I told you yesterday that I prepared for yesterday's show, and then I was just going to wing it here. But I actually did. There's something, something? I found. Uh, on scouting NFL players. So scouting it's a good players, NFL players. It is a decent thing. I don't know if I do want to do it next necessarily. Can, but it's something we can put in the holster and do a little bit later on the show. I think it's interesting stuff, especially 
when it comes to having changed my mind about where I think the Bears should spend their first overall draft pick. All right, I like it. And uh, there's an interesting wager uh, here amongst uh, an ESPN staffer and his father uh, that I find interesting that I think could potentially be a fun, his Faja, (laughs) that could be a good topic for the air. So we're going to have some fun today. We'll talk lots of football. 312-332-3776. You got a favorite game this weekend, a game you think will be the best, what you're looking forward to most. And uh, how prepared you are just to sit back and watch all these young quarterbacks duel it out. Connor gave you that stat. It's the youngest average age since they went to this uh, formula back in 1970. You don't even have uh, the average age of the quarterbacks playing this weekend at 26. That's pretty awesome. Speaks volumes about uh, the state of the league and the quarterback play right now and where it's going. For a while, it was awful. It looks like it's finally trending in a much more positive direction. So ring us up, 312-332-ESPN. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Connor's in for Yurko today. The good kid's back on Monday. We'll uh, be recapping all four of the divisional round games. We're excited for that, and we're going to spend a lot of the day talking NFL. we got some Bears calls rolling in. We'll get to those in a minute here. Only guest today, Mike North, the bonus play at 148. So plenty of time for your thoughts, your calls, 312-332-3776. Jim uh, is in Crystal Lake on ESPN 1000. Jim, what's going on? Hey, guys. So uh, I'm at a little crossroads here. So I just, I'm in a playoff pool, and I went undefeated the first weekend, and so I'm in first place. So all I got to do is not screw up, and uh, I can win a good chunk of money. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused with one game this weekend, and I was just asking for your help. Are you um, picking so, winners, or are you picking against the yeah, spread? No, just, just picking winners. Just so, winners. Uh, so I was all set on San Francisco, and then um, I hear the guys this morning, and I looked at the San Francisco's record, and San Francisco's record, I'm like, they, they, they didn't really play anybody. And so I listened to the guys this morning, and they were on San Francisco, but then I uh, listened to uh, Greeny, and Greeny's guys are all over Dallas. And so I was kind of going back and forth. I just want your opinion. Who the heck's going to win this game? Picking a straight-up winner, I think I would pick San Francisco. wouldn't be my most confident pick of the weekend, but picking a straight-up winner, I'd go with San Francisco. That's my thought on it, Jim. That's kind of where my brain was going, but I just keep on going back and forth. And when I look at Dallas and San Francisco, the the way they played – I mean, I think Dallas can beat them, but no. Dallas is going to have to play one, one of their better games. Yeah, and I don't know, and Jim, thanks, buddy. I don't know that Dak can repeat the performance from last week. They're just going up in class. This defense is a lot better. Jim's not wrong about the level of competition. Like, you win 11 straight, you're doing something right, and Purdy's been an unbelievable story. But the average defensive DVO rank of the six opponents he's played since becoming the full-time starter now. Oh, Statsy. Let's get Statsy. 20th, Connor. 20th, that's they, not great. They played one top 10 bottom defense. third is what it is. That's, you know? One top 10 defense. Top end oh, of the bottom third. Top end yeah, of the bottom third. Still. Uh, the only top 10 defense they faced over that span was Washington in Week 16. Washington. Not a single pass defense ranked inside the top 10 in defensive DVOA. And now he's going to face a Dallas team that ranks second and fifth in those metrics. They so this that, is a step uh, up in class. They have that, uh, that Mike Parsons fellow. They do. He's talented. You might have the two best pass rushers in the league on the field. No disrespect to Miles Garrett. 
I mean, but uh, well, you, you disrespect him if you want. You, I mean, you, just go ahead and do you it. might swing his helmet. Let him know. Hey, but hey. Uh, you might have the two best pass rushers in the league in this game going, uh, you know, on opposite sides. I, you yeah. know, to be quite honest with you, that's kind of why I'm a little bit worried about expecting a whole lot of of uh, fun from this game. I, mm. I, I feel like there could you, be you a think bit so? of a. Could be like, could be a little bit of a standstill here, a battle to a That's, bit of a standstill. And look, you've got the Shanahan Quinn connection. I mean, Kyle Shanahan was Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator. Like yep. you've got this great familiarity, so. kind of an understanding between the two. I, you know, I just kind of wonder that that one's going to get, uh, you know, getting a little Maginot line, you know, kind of locked up. Maginot line, kind of it's kind the, of set forth. It's the lowest total of the weekend. Is it really it's by about two full points? You're looking at a total that's forty six, forty six and a half. What's yeah, the It's got to be that Cincy Buffalo thing. The high is the uh, Jacksonville game, which is oh. about fifty two. Oh, just so, Jayville and uh, and uh, Casey. Yeah, I. I think based on Casey's was, ability, yeah. I mean, it's just that they're they're going to outclass that Mahomes guy again. I was really glad to see Lawrence kind of pop back and play a better second. Uh, hard to play a worse second half than either first half, and that was fun to watch. But you can't get behind. I would think it's going to be tougher. Be uh, so I think it's going to be difficult. much tougher. That I, I just can't imagine Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Although they blew a big lead, you know, at halftime yeah, in the championship they game did. last year. But I can't imagine. You, if you're forced to play too much from behind, yeah, this ain't the Chargers. I'm sorry. So I, I think you're, I think you're right about that. Uh, and to Lawrence's credit, you know, he didn't hang his head. He didn't sulk. They kept, you know, like hey, pick away. They got that touchdown at the end of the half, and that probably did a little bit of something for their confidence. And uh, but a lot of that is aided in just how poorly executed that second half was by the. Chargers. It was very so, bad, but at the same time, like I and I, I talked about this a lot, kind of on the baseball side of things. Like I. I like to see a starting pitcher go out there, you know, and fight through his eh stuff mm-hmm. for six something innings. Maybe get an out in the seventh. Yeah, that'd be great. Obviously, keep his team in it. Maybe he's given up four, but he's got his team in it. He's kind of figuring out. A, that's kind of how I felt about that Trevor Lawrence start. Yeah, it, it wasn't good by any no. stretch. His last two haven't been great. But he picked himself back up, yes. and, he, and he showed you that he can drop the bad stuff that happens to him, move on, and, and play forward. And I think that's yeah. an important part. Like, I, you kind of have to applaud that. Yeah. And no, I, I think you're right. I mean, he's the leader of that team. He's got to be. And, he, you know, he did. He picked him up off the mat. So there's, there's something to that. I think it's good for a young quarterback. You know the weird stat about Lawrence? Have you heard this about Saturday? Uh, he, he never lost, right? He's undefeated. I don't know like how, what that means ultimately, other than he's never lost Nothing. on Saturday. Like <laughs> it means nothing. probably doesn't mean much of anything. But like, what the hell? He's, he's never on lost some, on Saturday. He's been on some really good teams. I guess so. He could have been on some really good teams. He could have easily lost the last two Saturdays, and somehow they didn't. Absolutely, so I, could have. It's very bizarre how the universe works. Sometimes he went to the you know, he went to a great college. They play a lot on Saturdays. He's the best player in high school and. and the country when he was, he was. A, you know of course so he was i guess it's just like i'm i'm like wait what he's never lost on saturday somebody knocked that young whippersnapper down a peg he's, he, needs he needs to lose a this saturday, saturday hell i think what's coming for him he's a saturday ass kicking this week <laughs> matt's in fort worth on espn 1000 hey matt hey how you guys doing good man what's going on Man, it's living the dream. Um, first of all, if anybody from the Niners organization is listening, please beat the Cowboys. Uh, they're overrated. <laughs> I hate the from Matt himself in Fort Worth. I love it. Yeah. Um, second, I'm hearing a lot of rumors um, where the Bears could trade back with the Colts. Oh, yeah. Uh, get Pittman Jr. And maybe instead of getting a first, a second, and a first next year, that they um, – Get Pittman Jr. the first this year, and you know, like a fourth this year and first next year. I would do that. 
I would do that in a heartbeat, and I'm hearing more and more about it, but I wanted to pick y'all's brain. I would do that, Matt. If that's a legitimate thing, if that's a real trade, who the hell knows now? We've got such a long way to go. If you told me that the Bears announced we have traded the pick, we're moving back to four, we're getting Michael Pittman Jr., a fourth-rounder, and Indy's first-rounder next year, I am in without thinking twice. I, that's not enough for me. What really? are the Colts? The Colts are four? Fourth. They're the fourth pick. So you're still in all likelihood going to end up with one of the two defensive guys that how you probably want. So here's the thing. How important is getting a player for you in this trade? Like is it, I, I, don't I, know that, I hadn't really. I don't know how. I don't know that it's all that important. But if you told me it's Michael Pittman, I'd be intrigued. I don't look. He's not Garrett Wilson. He's not. I don't know that I'll ever be a true number one. But I would take. Is he Pickens? Is he you know? Is he that no. good? No, no, I don't think so. He's, he's not right. And the only reason I bring it up is because you know it's I don't think kind of so. a class of twenty twenty is what Pittman is, but still I don't think so. But I would take that player their first rounder next year because I'm not sure how much better they'll be, especially with a rookie quarterback, and happily go back down to four and get another fourth-round pick. They hired Jeff Saturday as a coach, and then you want that pick for sure, right? I'm still oddly intrigued by crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday and the Dan Dockage tweet, and then Dockage went on with them, and I missed a big chunk of it. I was dropping my son off at baseball practice, and I... And I being a father? I, taking time out I, of the state? I know. Going and, to I, be a father. And, I, and I realized, like, I'm, I'm, so I'm in the facility for about, like, seven, eight minutes. I'm like, oh, crap, Dockage yeah, was Dockage, on. Yeah. And I'm like, I went running back to the car to catch the end. I, I don't I, I'm still I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm oddly intrigued by what happened. First of all, why is it coming out now? That was five years ago. <laughs> like, how is Dockage all of a sudden five years later? Like, oh, I've got a source inside the Colts. You know why McDaniels backed out? Right. Because Ursay took a dump for an hour in his bathroom. Which, like, which implies to me that Dockage just found out. Because you find out a bit of that hot goss. That's coming. It's immediately you're tweeting it. The moment 100%. he had it, he tweeted it. He just found that out. So that means that McDaniels and Ursay kept the lid on it, no pun intended, for about five years. For right? five years. That's about five years. Now, here's the Did it take that long to assess the damage done to the plumbing system? I don't know. Did, was there a bill that, like, do you bill Jim Ursay? If you have if plumbing like, issues? He ruined the rug. What could, and it really tied the room together. He peed on your rug. I, did it, what, I did mean, it like, not? What was happening in that bathroom? I want to know. I've thought about it into the night. I'm like, Jim Ursay for an hour in Josh McDaniel's bathroom. <laughs> what happened? Can I put something in your brain that you won't? You'll <laughs> yeah. never forget this. This will stick with you forever. Yes, Jim Ursay is the vocal twin to Joe Walsh from the Eagles. <laughs> now you'll never hear it differently. I'll never listen to him every time he talks. Right. It's like, my mom's a ride. Like, okay, it's starting. There you go. <laughs> That's very it's Joe good. Walsh. All right, we got more calls rolling in. Let's grab them coming up. 312-332-ESPN. We are talking football, football Friday. Waddle and Sylvie are out on this football Friday. They're going to be at Twin Peaks in Oakbrook Terrace. So you can go by and see the guys. We'll cross talk with them a little bit later on. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. We were talking about that a proposed trade with Indy. If you got Pittman, I was like, I would do that deal. Waddle thinks Pittman might be a little, have a little too much clay pool in him. And that could be, like, I admit. I don't think Michael Pittman will ever be um, A.J. Brown. I don't think he'll be DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he'll be 
uh, Tyreek Hill. I don't think Michael Pittman is that. But I think I would do it because I'm in a bank on, is Jeff Saturday going to be their coach next year with a rookie quarterback? Like, if you give me your top, what is that a top 12, top 10 pick again next year? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. I think I would do that. Back you up a minute. You said uh, Pittman may have a little Chase Claypool in him. That's what Waddle had said. He texted me because he heard us talking about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, that could be. What is what is that that he had? Like right now, big that's receiver, not good. Big receiver plays small. You know that kind of big, idea. Big receiver not produced the way they should. I guess I the Claypool thing okay. is crazy to me. Yeah, I, I agree. His I, rookie year, he had double digit touchdowns. Yes. I remember watching Steelers games, going, "My God, Chase Claypool! Like he's a physical freak, and they're using him in creative ways." And look at his speed and his size. And then he slowly but surely fell out of favor. There, they're a franchise that has like we're done with you, and we draft wide receivers better than anybody. Oh, so they cut you. They don't care. And now they he, get and now they get the thirty second pick. Of course they do because of it. I, you know, so I was, that's why they're the Steelers. I was in, filling in for hoodie uh, a couple of weeks before the NFL trade deadline, right? And before uh, that trade deadline, yeah, okay. before the de- before this deadline, yeah, before yeah. The, the acquisition of Chase Claypool, yeah. and something Courtney Cronin said in uh, an interview, I think with um, with polls that had, that had come out that week before, she kind of pressed him on on trading for a young receiver, adding a little bit as you subtract to the roster, Roquan and so forth and so on. And I thought, well, that that would be interesting. And I saw Claypool's name out there, and I liked the idea of being able to add and subtract at the same time. Now, like everybody else, I would have preferred the other second-round pick be the compensation headed back to Pittsburgh for Chase Claypool. I, I was all about that. But I don't think the idea of adding while you're subtracting, especially to that offense, and with a player like that, was a terrible idea. But it... I mean, is it fair to say that it still makes me wonder a little bit about talent evaluation yes. in the Bears front office? I do. It's fair, I, isn't it? I think it's fair. I think they were a little desperate because they looked ahead to the offseason and they were like, ooh, this receiving core is, mm, this free agent crop yeah. is not very good. Let's do something like this and see if we can, we'll have a little bit of a reclamation project on our hand, but we got a talented kid in the building. So, too, because we were talking about the Jaguars earlier, right? They Correct me if I'm wrong, but they kind of spread a lot of money out to some kind of eh, receivers, yes. right? Now, they produced. They produced, but it's a, it's a lot of money for, uh, for Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk, right? Zay Jones. It's a lot of money. However, I, I don't know that I hate the idea of Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, something like that. Maybe you've got to overpay a little bit. And see, I'm, with the understanding that, with the understanding that you are drafting a wide receiver this year or next, that's going to be a one. Neither of you know, none of those guys are going to be. But you, we, we've spent enough time watching Justin Fields not have help. I know, and I'm I'm kind of tired of it. I, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm good. Like I. I, I am sated. I hear, here's what I'd say about adding a guy like Pittman. You're, you're bringing in another young 25-year-old player who's got a lot of interesting physical attributes. He's big. You'd have two 6'4". Big- what do I got him at? I got our lads up here. 6'4 and 2... 223. I mean, you're adding another big body like Claypool. And you're talking about a player in the last two years with, let's face it, some quarterback uncertainty, to say the least, in Indianapolis. has gone out and caught 70% of his targets. That's a good percentage yeah. for 2,007 yards and 10 touchdowns. I, I'm, I, I'm not – I understand I'd have, I got to check myself a little, and I don't want to overstate what I think Pittman ultimately is going to be in this league, but I think I would sign up for a player like that 
if you told me that's the trade proposal. I, I that's me. I'm. I, I guess I would say I would prefer that Ryan Poles target picks in this trade, picks in positioning in this year and next year's draft. And forget the player. And no, just prioritize those over player. Now, if a team comes to you, if the Colts come to you with this, if uh, name me another wide receiver. There's. Um, Another deal. Oh, the, the Jets thing that's been out there for a little while, right? That, oh, this the idea, Wilson, that, that which that's, is that's not happening, no. right? Uh, and there's no. a Carolina DJ Moore thing that's just floating out there. Them, of course they did. So it's all kind of nonsense. But for the for the hypothetical to work, I need yeah. them. <laughs> if if the team if the team comes to Ryan and says, "Hey, we got this idea. It includes this player. Are you interested in talking?" Of course, I'm interested in talking. But if I'm a Bears, and I am, if I'm a Bears fan, if I'm looking at polls from that, I would rather them position themselves, prioritize the picks and positioning there in the draft this year okay. next over the player himself. Fair. And I think that's where I sit. Load up on your, your war chest for the draft in the next two years. I, yeah. I, because I think that's what GMs do, right? I mean, they, they trust their evaluations more. Especially when you rip down a roster the way they have. So you're right. I think you're right. Robert, <laughs> Robert in Franklin oh, wow. Park. Robert, you there? Yes, I'm here. There you go. What's going on, buddy? Uh, um, I'm a I'm an excited football fan for this weekend. Uh, for these young QBs, I think this is like uh, the next tier, the next era. You know, the the usual MVPs and champions, they're not in it. You know, Brady in and out. I think he only made it because of a crappy division. Rodgers didn't even make it this year. Kirk Cousins went from dancing with chains to probably sleeping with them. Uh, you know, no Russell Wilson. Uh, I just I'm, I I had just hope Justin Fields can just fall into this group uh, or close to this group of these next tier QBs. And, and Carmen, if I could just uh, tell you something or ask you something real quick regarding Unhinged that I listened to last night. Sure. Um, it's regarding the Blackbird, the the, the killer yeah. guy in that movie. Yeah. You guys keep talking about him. Have you ever seen that movie where Kristen Bell, uh, where she did a, a about coupons, a big scan with coupons? No. And it was. Okay, well, it's based on a true story, and that guy is in that movie. I think it's a few years old. Okay. It's based off a true story, and he kind of does that exact same voice in that movie. But, that, really? but that's it, guys. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, that Blackbird show on Apple Plus that waddled for me. I watched you like it. Last on night. I'm in three episodes in. It's really good. Okay. Um, the young quarterback thing, I think Robert's right. We've kind of talked about it. There was a time, Connor, in the mid-teens where oh, man, we, I remember were, it. we were trying to predict, like, Man, when Roethlisberger and Brady and Manning are done, and Brady's still playing, amazing. But we're like, who's the next? You know, Rodgers was older even then. We're like, who's the next group? Maybe Andrew Luck, and then he retired prematurely. I think we were searching, wondering, and I feel a lot better today about that next wave. The Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, I'm a huge fan of. I think we're in a much better spot than I thought we were going to be just seeing the way it was trending in the mid to late teens. I think one thing you got to credit the NFL for, whether you like it or not, whether you like how it plays out on the day, is quarterbacks can't be touched anymore. You're no, going to get – they're going to play. They're going to play. They're, they're going to play. And those reps – Waddle talks about – those reps are incredibly important, incredibly important. And yeah. if you're healthy, you get reps, and that makes you a better quarterback as you go. You know, I mean, like, look at Josh Allen. After his first year, yep. not many would have said – no. He's targeted for a top five kind of quarterback tier. Even after his Not first many at all. Uh, two, I don't know that anybody sure. could have quite predicted this. Not this. It gets, it gets good when you get a receiver like Diggs and you have a, you know, you've, you've got Dayball working with you for a little while. Obviously, it doesn't have the benefit of that this year. Call's in Vegas. Call, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Tyler? Good. good. 
Good. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited uh, for this uh, old school matchup of Niners and Cowboys. I, I really hope it's not a field old show. I hope it's actually good quality football. But on top of that, I am very excited for the rest of these games. I, yeah, call. Yeah, I, something was going on with your phone there, buddy. We get I, I, the reception was Couldn't not great. Anything. But it's, I think uh, he was that's saying Colin in Vegas. He works in the casinos, uh, and his cell phone always sucks. Uh, he calls bad. all the time. Um, so that's go. that's what it is. Tell him, he was, to go, yeah. tell him to go out in front of the fountain at the Bellagio. That's what I would. That's do. what I want to hear. But I think he was saying Niners, right? He thinks that he just hopes that game doesn't disappoint. Uh, it was anything. a tough. Yeah, I couldn't was, hear anything. I can't hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> tough perception on that one. All right, we'll grab more calls as we go through the day. We're talking football, getting you ready for the weekend. Bears like trade proposals and thoughts and what you want them to do and what's going to be best and most beneficial. I got some research. And Connor did find something from the athletic. I got some athletic. research. I didn't do it. Bruce Feldman did, and he's a lot smarter than I am. Yeah, so I think you'll be interested good. to hear how the Bears might uh, organize their draft based on scouting principles. I'd like to hear some of that. We'll discuss it coming up next. 312-332-3776 if you want to join us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Connor's in for Yurk. Yurk's back on Monday. Waddle and Sylvie at 2 today. We'll cross talk with the guys then. They are going to be live. They're out and about. First uh, first remote broadcast of the year. They're going to be at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. So go see them today. And then next Friday, a week from today, to get ready for Championship Sunday, Yurko and I are going to be out for the first time in 2023. Oh, out in going? St. Charles. Well, uh, Pride excellent. Stores, the 93 sure. Octane Brewery. Absolutely. And back in the fall, late summer, early fall, in a little collaboration we did with Pride Stores and a few listeners, we got to pick a single barrel, a Whistle Pig 10-Year Rye. Ooh. That'll be on sale for the first time. You can buy those bottles. Yeah. So uh, come and taste. I think they're going to have one open to pour and taste, too. But then you can buy the bottles for sale for the first time next Friday. So you know, come by and see Not it. for nothing. And just because you and I are hanging out today, I forgot to say, well, I said thank you at the time. But I, I, I actually left the house for the first time in what felt like months to go to whiskey, your whiskey charity thing. That's right. The name of which I'm forgetting because I haven't slept in five weeks since bourbon my daughter bacon. was born. Yes. Thank you, Bourbon and Bacon. Yeah. Uh, an excellent yeah. little event. Thanks I'm, so much for the invite. I'm glad you were there. If you all haven't been there and, and supported the whole uh, endeavor, you should next year. It is an absolute blast. It's a good your time, right? conversation about the, the brown liquor kind yeah. of inspired me. It's good stuff. Up, ba- November. Every November. It's back for, we'll, this will be our ninth annual this November at Benny's House. I, it was the, uh, oh gosh, who brought the ice cream? Again, this is because I didn't have, I haven't slept in five weeks. It who brought was, the ice cream? Uh, it was my uh, buddy. Un- yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was ridiculous. Unbelievable. It was. I'm trying to remember which restaurant. is the Ballyhoo group, but I don't. I, Sylvie's I, guy. Yeah, Todd Stein. Yeah, our friend right. Todd Stein. That's right. It was um, stupid good. Oh. And uh, the other thing that was stupid good was the, uh, there were, I mean, everything's good. These chefs do such an amazing job. The the ramen, the pork belly ramen from Ramen San. Yes, I, I mean yes. <laughs> it was it was the first time I had met Shay in person at that event. You know, because of me, the baseball season being over, and he walked it, all the way across the room with two it, pieces it, of this stuff because I was on the other side with the pizza and the uh, what was the, I think the Four Roses was over there. Yes, so it then, was. so Shay walks over. He's got two pieces. Of, hey, you tried this? No. Dude. Who are you, Shay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll have one. I'll have one. Yes, yeah, very good. 
I mean, the, that was so good. And then uh, Mark Newman from Greenwood up in Highwood, he brought these little, like, ba- pork belly sopas. I mean, like, uh, you just go around that room and yeah. eat. And, and it's all for charity, and it's great. And and I'm glad you were there for the first time. Make make plans again oh, I shall. for November. I yeah. absolutely The support will. from all you guys is always great, and the support from the listeners is outstanding. And it's a fun event. And I don't know, I think we're upwards of, like... <sighs> Three hundred fifty thousand we've raised probably since really? we've been doing it for Look the Cystic Fibrosis that's, that's Foundation. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's great. fantastic. It's just and it's people, you know, we've got some sponsors, we've got some people that really care, and we've got some great sponsors that come back every year. But it's really like ticket sales that drive this thing. For people just love Getting coming and being it's, there. It's awesome. And it, was, I, it's, it was in that play that the event space there oh, at it's, ben, it's great, fantastic. It's absolutely yeah. great, and it was. I think we'd sell it again next year as a get out of the house. Exactly. To get out of the house. We're going to need it again, believe and me. go hang out. Is what, yeah, oh, God. Poor we Adam should never eat anything when he goes because Adam is an observing Muslim and he doesn't eat pork. So Adam has a tough time eat because it's bourbon and bacon. But yeah, we, we have usually we have combo. like a cheese pizza there, and I think, but I think Adam missed the cheese pizza this no, year. There was a there was a pizza there with pineapple on it. Oh, was there? Yes. Okay, so and it was, was it was pretty good. Adam, he, he, he had, had some pizza on there. Yeah. Did he yeah, have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we found it. Yeah, yeah. I watched him. Poor Adam normally has to eat beforehand because, um, like I said, he does observe. He does not eat pork. I didn't product. know that about yeah, you know, yeah, he, I haven't done Lent in years. I, I respect I, the hell out I, of when, that. When people tell me they stick to some of their religious traditions, I'm like, well, you're a better man or woman than I because yes. I can't do it anymore. No. I, I just can't. I'm Absolutely not strong not. enough. I'm not good enough. Well, plus, you know, <laughs> during the baseball season, I don't, I don't know what day it is ever. I only know whether there is or isn't White Sox weekly on a given day and what time we play. That's it. That's it. That's how my life operates. And so the idea of giving up something for Lent or making sure you don't eat meat on Fridays, you're like, well, I'd have to check what day it is first. I I can't do that. I'm going to eat this beef sandwich and I'll check later. (laughs) Is that in my schedule? That's not being served here. (laughs) We'll see. All right. So what did you find about the draft process? I think this is some really interesting stuff. And it, it changed my mind about something we were talking about yesterday, about who I think the Bears should select or where they should select in the NFL draft if they, you know, get to that four range with Carter and Anderson being there. Yeah. Bruce Feldman of The Athletic put this out, and this is mostly just for a fast Willie Parker reference, but he's writing <laughs> he's writing about the differences in, in terms of the star rankings of high school uh, prospects coming into the college ranks and evaluating those players, pushing those players into the NFL really? and the NFL All-Pro team. Check this out. It's talking a bit. The, the article starts about Josh Jacobs, who is a two-star recruit. <laughs> the NFL's leading rusher, a two-star recruit. This is Feldman. On this year's NFLPA All-Pro team, none of the 11 offensive players selected had been five-star recruits. Only one of them, Zach Martin, was even ranked as a four-star prospect. The average star ranking of the 11 offensive All-Pro team players was two. Wow. On the opposite side of the ball, the defensive side, stars really matter. Of the 11 players on the all-pro team, defensive side, seven Hmm. had been five-star recruits. Two more were four-star prospects. The other two were three-star players, making the average 4.5. Think about that. Your average rankings of high school players into the college ranks on the all-pro team in the NFL, two Two. stars on the offensive side. Four and a half. On the defensive twice side. Twice as much on the defensive side. That Now, does he have data going back more than just this year? Was oh, that a weird... he's got data. He's so he got, does? He's got, he's got anecdotes. Here's, he, he's got a lot of comments from uh, 13 different individuals in the evaluation and coaching world who, and this is one of my favorite things in a report, were granted anonymity in order to speak freely. So you know they're giving you the good stuff. Uh-huh. 
One one executive's theory, my theory, you can disguise a good player on offense mm. and also uplift and over-evaluate a player with an unbelievable supporting cast. Kind of like, you know, John Stocko throwing to Larry Fitzgerald in high school. Thank right? you. I mean, it's, it's, it's the per- exactly. That's how that works. However, with defensive guys, it's more, did you beat the guy in front of you? And when it comes to defensive linemen, there's only so many of those guys. It's mm. like with cornerbacks. It's a cornerbacks. There are physical requirements for those positions. You can play with a 4-6 wide receiver. You can't play with a 4-6 cornerback. There's a lot yeah. more here talking about how Willie Parker um, was a very low recruit into North Carolina, mm-hmm. was an average running back there, then gets into the right system with Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and fits. Running backs are a dime a dozen. It's all about yes, fit, a Big are. 12 recruiter said. Same reason Willie Parker was a backup at Carolina, ends up being a Super Bowl hero. What I think is interesting here is some of the stuff about the offensive line. Chip Kelly, one of the few named in this, the O-line recruiting rankings are the best crapshoot. I think he means biggest crapshoot. Biggest crapshoot, yeah. Uh, who said, said Chip Kelly. The best center in football, Jason Kelsey, was a former walk-on linebacker. How about that? Lane Johnson was a high school quarterback. Jason Peters was a tight end in college. Offensive line is kind of the last stop. Huh. That's one position where you really have to project or push people to. When it comes to quarterback and O-line, they are in their own little worlds. So how does that change what I was saying yesterday about the NFL draft? What that means to me, and it, as, a, as a baseball guy, right? I mean, this is where I make my living. I'm trying to find sure things. I'm trying to not pay for future or for past for performance. Past. Yeah. I want to project future performance. Yeah. And if this tells me anything, it's that defensive studs are the way to project out forward. What? Yeah. And what the Bears can't afford in this year's draft is a bust with their first pick, regardless of where it is. Does it make you think, yeah, like you're, you're, it would seem if you're going to look for some correlation and that's the one you stumble upon, like your whiff rate might actually be a little bit lower because it seems that they translate better. On the other side, yeah, think about the, uh, the counterfactual, right? We talk a lot the last few years. Maybe this, this year's draft isn't one of these loaded with wide receivers. Well, not as good as the last couple. But in the last couple of years, we've all talked, well, what, you're going to get yourself a guy in the second yeah. round. He's going to turn into a, a Jalen Waddle. You're going to get yourself a guy in the second round. He's going to turn into something huge, right? You're going to in the fourth round. Exactly. You know, like you can... The reason there, I think, I think, is because we've got so much seven-on-seven football played right now. It's increased the ability to see these offensive players through, manage those one-on-one matchups. And you're not not doing as much scheme, I think, in some of those seven-on-sevens. Those wide receivers get to the appropriate programs, perhaps. And the NFL has been less reticent. To engage in some of that, you know, wide open space play offense now. And that includes, that improves rather those wide receivers production. I think you're right. There's so much more. uh, Like the proliferation of that spread has now reached the pro ranks and it's working. And And so there's so many more opportunities for those guys. You're right. It's the Tua thing, right? I mean, his, his health issues aside, and I hope he's fine, but like, can you imagine him not playing in a, in a spread no. kind of based offense and no. having to go downfield, reading three different nine routes and going, all right, no. let her loose. The no. only way you can do that is with Waddle and Tyreek Evans, and he finally got that. Tyreek Hill, yeah. It, and even still, Tyreek Hill, sir. Yeah. It's pretty uh, – it's, it's interesting, though, like that you, did, that, that you could even find that correlation, but that there appears to be one. we got to take a quick break. 
Um, I want to talk more about that, and we'll take more of your phone calls. Plus, we got this interesting wager amongst uh, a couple of family members here at ESPN that I want to bring to everybody's attention. I want to see what side you're on. 312-332-ESPN. We're back in two.